0: Here's the deal, we're keeping our distance, hashtag ronies. Therefore, our sound quality may not be as up to par as we would like it to be. Please bear with us, keep rocking with us, we appreciate you guys. Peace. Enjoy. Black, white, and mix. Black, white, black, white, and mix. mix. Black, white, and mix. Come on black black, 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 and black, 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 white, and mix.
1: What's Black going on, everybody? Black Welcome White to White, Black, White, and Mixed. Uh, my name is Doug, and I am here with my friends, Brandon. That's me. And Kenny. What's going on? Um, so we are uh, excited to be back with you guys recording here. Um, and we actually have a special guest joining us for the whole show, which we're super pumped about. Um, Kenny, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest.
0: Alright, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about our special guest, because uh, it's <laughs> my brother. Uh, <laughs> um, Mr. Evan E. Roberts um, is the marketing hey. manager for Storytellers Project and the Storytellers Brand Studio, um, which is part of the USA Today Network. Um, he is a writer and storyteller living in downtown Phoenix with his wife and their cat. Shouts out to maybe. And he uses his skills in digital marketing and storytelling <laughs> to help audiences open. That's the cat's name, like legit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. Maybe. I'm sorry,
1: I didn't mean to derail you, but I'm totally jealous because that's such a great name for a cat. I, I know, sorry, right? He's a
0: he's a huge uh, or, or Doug is a home. huge Arrested Development fan. So, Big um, time. but yeah, so he uses his skills in digital marketing and storytelling to help audiences open their minds and hearts to authentic brands. Um, for leisure, he writes short stories, songs, and poetry for everyone and no one in particular. Um, he's been black in America for 32 and a half years. Hey. Let's give a big welcome uh, to my brother, Evan Roberts.
1: E-Rob, E-Rob, snap, go? snap, hey, snap. Hey, hey, What's up, a- y'all? Uh, What's 87
2: good, babies, right? 87? Happy to be here. Yes, sir. 87. September 87 was good. Me too. That's awesome. I can't give too many details because you know the hackers out there. Yeah, he, you know, <laughs> like we got this.
0: We got this That's man's real. DOB. Here we go. Right, you know. right. They said we got the we got the middle of the initial. All we need <laughs> right. is the social. And his social is. No, nah, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, thank you for being on. We're super pumped to have you. Um, and so we one of the reasons we wanted to have Evan on is not only see a, a friend of ours and a friend of the show, but. Um, we mentioned Evan's um, story from the Storytellers Project in our first episode, uh, which is going to lead into a, a correction and apology that we have to issue. <laughs> um, I, I I mistakenly said that Evan is a Nobel Prize winner, which is not off the table in the future. I just want to say that it, it couldn't. Nah, been a, man,
2: uh, that would be dope. Sign me <laughs> up.
1: But it is actually the Pulitzer Prize, uh, which, you know, is is obviously just as distinguished and just as awesome. But we do want to kind of correct that up front and say we got that wrong. Um, That's right.
0: I I feel especially bad because I'm his brother. So I should know (laughs) (laughs) I should I should have immediately jumped in and be like, yo, it was a Pulitzer.
3: (laughs) Well, no, you know, Kenny doubled down. Kenny doubled down. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, bell, no, bell. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, no <Nobel>. That's <laughs> right. I'm still doubling down to this day. So give hey, this Corn Luther King.
1: Here's my thing. Time is a construct <laughs> and if Evan when Evan wins a Nobel Prize, this is gonna be a reverse reverse apology anyway. So
2: That's right, that's, that's right. What's
0: up. I'm backtracking.
2: It's okay because uh I told my best friend, like I texted him right when we found out, because um, it was a team win for the, the staff of like a project that USA Today did did and I was a producer at one of the live shows uh, and I texted my best friend I was like yo I just won we just won the pulitzer and he was like yeah Kendrick won one too <laughs> <laughs> I was like bro you don't know Kendrick Lamar <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> he
0: had, he, what you don't know is that he had just gotten a text from Kendrick about uh, ten minutes before yeah. you texted the man so. of course of course you know, he was like, two oh, West awesome. Coast texts in one day. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Well, um,
1: we, we talked a little bit about it, uh, Evan, in in the last episode, but we'd love to hear a little bit from you just about that that story. Um, we're going to link it in the show notes. Um but Evan, if you could maybe just tell people if there's an easier or, or whatever the easiest way is to find that online, it's a 10 or 11 minute clip. So folks can go listen to it. Um, it's it's super, super cool and, and just kind of easy, easy to listen to quick, quick to get through it. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, one question we would have is just if you could kind of set up the, um, you know, kind of story for, for folks a little bit um, and then we can kind of talk about it.
2: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so. Uh, the basis of the story kind of came from, uh, or at least the first time I told it, it was on, uh, so like I said, I live in Phoenix and we have a lot of storytelling shows, uh, here in the city. Um, it's kind of a, a storytelling, uh, you know, city really. Um, and so I was doing this one for, uh, it was a show called the whole story, which focuses on black narratives. Um, and then I told it again in the recording that I sent y'all, I was for the storytellers project, which is where I work. Um, but that, this, that first time, uh, we were just kind of talking about like stories really from childhood. Um, and if there is a, was a different theme, I don't remember it. So <laughs> my bad, but, uh, I was, yeah, I was talking to my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, um, and I was like you know, racking my bl- my brain. Um, and I don't remember exactly like what she said that jogged the memory, but all of a sudden, like remembering all of the, oh, she, she, she might've asked me like what my childhood was like or whatever. And so like all of these memories of like playing with Legos and, you know, playing with my brothers and us being into like weapons and, mm. you know, came back and it kind of, I don't know if y'all know how like, or if y'all had this experience but like when you start remembering something you kind of like jog 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 until you land somewhere and it mm-hmm. landed on this memory where I in fifth grade I had used like all my black Legos to build a 9 millimeter that I had seen um, my I, my dad had gotten a, a, a BB gun like rented one to shoot rats um, so we had we had like a rap problem, uh, and it was years before that like I had saw, that I saw the gun. Uh, but of course, you know you see guns in in media all the time. But that was the first time I really seen something like that, up, like a handgun up close,
1: like in person. Had,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it stayed with me, uh, I guess on some level. And so at at this point, like I thought it would be fun. A few years later, to build one out of Legos, and mm. so that's what I set out to do and went through a few iterations taking things apart uh and that's kind of what we we go through in the story it's just like the process and what i was thinking um and then what happens afterwards when i have it you know when i when i'm actually you know in possession of what kind of looks like a real gun Mm -hmm. and what i do (laughs) and what i would think probably most uh, dumb fifth graders would <laughs> do. Not all kids are dumb, but you know what I'm saying. You just don't have that life experience, and mm-hmm. and then how and it ends on how I gained that life experience um, mm-hmm. of knowing whether or not I should have something like that. So yeah, it's uh It was just kind of a a slice of life, you know, um, story that I really realized later had a deeper resonance and a deeper meaning. Um because the first time I told it, I honestly like oh I dropped my <laughs> sorry. The first time I told it, I honestly didn't really um I just thought it was a good story, you know. I just thought it was a it was a interesting uh like life tidbit. And I think I was mostly f- focused on um letting people get to know me, you know, that hadn't really or like wouldn't really know, you know, um, I don't know, cause like it, in everyday life, uh, you know, what you did as a kid for fun and for creativity doesn't really come up that much. Right. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, mine um, comes up all
0: the time. <laughs> it's cause you bring time. it up. <laughs> That's, That's cause, cause right. <laughs> you're like fully
2: accessed and you're a vulnerability, Kenny, like. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Yeah. 100% tapped in, bro. customers
0: walk into the store and I say hey guys guys first of all welcome second of all I want to know what I did as a kid <laughs> it's just not even funny
1: <laughs> Brandon is Brandon is tired of your vulnerabilities he's, he's unmoved
2: uh, he's unmoved yeah but yeah uh it was so yeah. It was it was a good story, to, a fun story to tell at first to let people in the city get to know me a little bit, and then uh, as I told it more times, and as uh, you know, we continue to see things that were happening uh, in the country at that time because I think the first time I told it was twenty like early twenty sixteen, mm. um, and then the, the time of the recording that y'all have is late twenty sixteen, and so okay. it's mm-hmm. a lot of happened kind of in between. Right. That made it resonate so much more. Um so yeah, yeah. Uh, you can check it out. People if you want to check it yeah. out, you can go to uh storytellersproject dot com uh and in the search type in Evan E. Roberts. It'll be the Let's Get Political Show. Uh this picture of me in a cardigan that I no longer own. So, oh
1: no. <laughs> R. I. P to that
2: cardigan. That's I know. Right. That's
1: right. <laughs>
3: we'll, we'll nice link sweater. to we'll link to the soundcloud one as well as uh um the one that's on the storytellers project uh, yeah website. oh yeah we'll, it's... we'll get both of those Or are they the same
2: yeah it's the same oh, no yeah. it's the same cool, cool, uh cool. link we we host our like our archive of all of our stories are on soundcloud and then we ha- have them hosted on the website so
0: okay awesome
2: yeah. that's just kind of like the short the short link yeah cool quote unquote
1: yeah, and I think I think you know one of the things that I think you know resonated with all of us, and and, and kind of you know fits the, um the the lane that we kind of want to occupy with this podcast is the idea that like there are these issues um, or or these subjects around race and um you know the environments that we grow up in uh, that can kind of shape how we see the world and how we see ourselves, um, and I think your your story does that in such a profound. Uh, way because um, you know you had this uh, uh, honestly one of the things that struck me as I was listening to it was like the innocence um, mm-hmm. that, that you know your your 5th your grade self is like just trying to do this cool thing with your favorite toy you know my wife and I were listening to it and she even said like oh that's adorable you know and it's like we're, we're picturing this 11 you know 10, 11, 12 year old kid just trying to build a toy that he wants to play with mm-hmm. um, and the, the truth is um you had so much innocence around that, and then this one experience, you know, now you can look back, you know, 20-some years later or whatever and kind of see how influential that moment and maybe what you realized as a result of that mm-hmm. uh, was for you. And I, and I think the the lane that that falls in is so close to what, you know, the kind of stuff that we want to talk about just in terms of the idea that, like, we're not ever trying to make um, everything about race but I think maybe most things are about race, you know what I mean? And so sure. There's yeah. just this idea that like a lot of these topics or subjects are not necessarily being talked about and we want to talk about them and I think mm-hmm. your story um does that. I think it gets people talking and thinking. Right.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that you guys have kind of created and are creating like, you know, a safe and balanced space for people to have these conversations because really that's what needs to happen is just that, like. Mm-hmm. And that's what Um, I try to do through, you know, storytelling and through, um, you know, poetry and also just like working to get other people's stories out in front of the public is that Mm -hmm. um, when you have a frame of reference and some kind of context for, you know, what's happening and why things are a big deal, um, then it's a lot easier to have that conversation and it's a lot easier for people to be able to process through, like, their own lens Right. what, uh, where the right is, like, where the right is, you know? Right. Um, because, and I don't want to, like, spoil it for people, but, like, specifically w- what I realized later on was that, like, this happened in Cleveland. I was a little black boy playing with a toy gun. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like... My situation could have ended up very, very differently. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And we have an example of that in Tamir Rice. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Rest in peace. So, and that's the crazy oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was gonna say that's the crazy thing because when
0: you if you look I know you said um you you um I think you, you said you first performed that piece the beginning of two thousand sixteen. Mm. Um which was i think 2 years after the Tamir Rice shooting um and then the one that people are listening to the one that we're linking was the the end of 2016 um which uh i think there had been i think about 186 um shootings by law enforcement that year um yeah. you know and which which is which is way down from you know, 2014 I think 2014 was Was in the 600s 2015 was in the 800s And then it mm-hmm. dropped dramatically after You know, um, so
2: much uh, well, Media coverage people was paying attention. Yeah You said what? I say yeah, largely because people were paying attention. Right, right, right. You know what I mean. Media coverage definitely helps. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, me working for a large media company. You know, we like to say we're the eyes and the ears of the American people. Mm Hmm. Um. But you know, we know what to pay attention to because people tell us. You know, people tell, and so like we have to be having that conversation. We constantly have to be like voicing. Um, and putting a voice to what our concerns are, yeah. So, which that's a crazy thing that you point out when thinking about,
0: like that, like that could have been you, you know. And it, it was funny because even in listening to some of the stories and you just kind of describing the situation, you know, and you know, I, I was innocent as well. You, you know, when we had the <laughs> discussion, and and I, I do want to take time to say, if you have not um, listened to the story at this point, pause, <laughs> go listen to the story. And then come, come back, um, yeah. just cause it's a riveting story. It's you know, um, I like I love. It brings back a lot of memories for me, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, it's funny because you know the part where you where you said, "Yo, should we take the orange cap off?" You know, we had toy <laughs> guns, you know, and things like that. You know, um, we had a lot of toy guns, uh, but they and they all had that orange cap, you know. So that you yeah. said it was a it was a fake gun. We was like, "Yo, should yeah. we keep that orange cap?" You know, and we both look at each other like, ah, nah. You know, and so that <laughs> innocence is <was> there. <laughs> gotta know. make it look legit. That's right. It gotta look real, right? You know, but, you, re- you know, re- in, yeah. in a lot of regard, it was kind of a coming of age and a stripping of innocence, you know, to find out, like, man, what I thought was, um, you know, what I thought the situation was one thing. I thought I was just making a, you know, you thought you were just making a toy gun, you know. Mm-hmm you didn't know that it could something that you know it was very much something that could end up being you know life or death um and so it's very much a, a coming of age um in some regards um you know which i mean different people have different coming of age stories um yeah you know but uh there's a there's an album uh, by this dude named Belief um called um what is it? red pills and black sugar um you know where he has a lyric um he said, I want every um um i want every young black person to listen um you as some, as, as some i'm I'm about to butcher the lyric oh lord um <laughs> i I'll go and find the lyric, but essentially the gist of it is you hit some point in your adolescence to where you go from being this cute kid to fitting a description mm-hmm. you know what i mean you you go from being uh, you know, an a, a, a innocent child to you know being a stereotype, um, you know, and so which you know which is very true, which may not be true for for everybody or for all demographics, um, you know. But I know, you know, for me as a as an African American male, you know, it was it's like you hit this point where you realize, like, man, I'm, you know, I I have to watch what I say and do in a different way because um, you know people are looking at me Right. you know and yeah. how people look at me and how people perceive me um, you know could very much be you know something that allows me to make it to see 18 or make it to see 25 or <clears throat> you know yeah.
3: well see for me like listening to that story Evan was like like remembering that kind of stuff you know what i mean like i think that's that's mm. pro- i think that's everybody or at least a large proportion of males i, I do maybe not even males it could be everybody right but yeah that nostalgia it's just you remember you're remembering like things and and we talked about it just a little bit before we started the show but it was like this it's like you, you know you have um you have all these memories just coming out of nowhere Right of like, oh man, I remember I used mm-hmm. to do this, and we did this, and oh man, we used to like. Right, how did right. we not get in trouble for that thing that we did or whatever? And mm-hmm. so I'm listening to that story. No, and that's I'm, right. I was mowing the lawn, and I was listening to that story, and I'm like, you know, it's very. It was very different for me because my mom was in the military. She had been in the military mm. for uh, 27 years, probably at that point. Um, wow. And wow. I was pretty, like I was. Not inundated with guns, but guns were around. Like, you sure. uh, like I lived on the military base at that point. People had guns. They had handguns. Yeah, uh, for ARs, sure. You know, like, uh, like right after nine eleven, my mom was carrying around an M sixteen with a grenade launcher strapped to the bottom. You know what I mean? Like that's I saw that wow. stuff. Like that's what she was doing. Go ahead, oh, mama.
0: Oh, lay. Wow. Shouts out to Jen with the big guns.
3: But, but. <laughs> <laughs> at no point do I remember a gun a real gun being in my house unless she mm. had to bring it mm. um wow she was like not about it um mm.
2: did she keep him in the car or did she come home or well, so they like, say when, that like, base
3: so for the M16 she would like check it in and out like when she went cause it was just down the street you know um where she would go. Yeah. And she had it on her while she was on duty and then when she was coming home she'd like check it out or check it put it back in or whatever. But like you had to shoot it and like, you know, like you had to know how to use all those like all the guns mm-hmm. and everything like that. They did that a few times a year. Um
0: most most of the time she checked it out when Brandon got in trouble.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but the so the thing that I was gonna say with that is like is like I do remember though playing with like airsoft guns a lot. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember like going around the neighborhood. We would we would be like running around with pistols and you know the ARs that were like the the gas powered ones and stuff like that. Like we'd be like shooting like shooting each other and like all that stuff. It was but the weird thing is everybody understood like the seriousness of the guns, and mm. yet we're being stupid. Oh, as kids, what?
2: As kids, y'all did.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As kids, we we understood wow. that like this was serious. But wow. there's also this, like, we're playing, you know, we're playing, like, you know, we're in the army, and, like, you know, there's, there's a good guys and bad guys, and we're, wow. we're doing that stuff. But then, like, mm-hmm. when you got home, it was like, you don't point the gun at somebody, you don't, like, it better not be loaded, it better, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. not a gun, or it's not a toy, and yet we're, you know, we're playing with it, like, like, it's a toy, until we yeah. get back home. And then it's like, no, no, no mm-hmm. we take it seriously again, you know? Hmm. Um, and so I was just like thinking about like that kind of stuff. It was like, I never had gun, like I never had airsoft guns with me. Like, you know, it wasn't like I had guns or anything in my car or like when we went, when I went to a friend's house or anything like that. Like I, I understood like the seriousness of it. And yet I have like all these memories of like, you know, at first it's a little plastic gun that's like, you know, just air powered. And then at some point you're putting CO2 in it. And then at some point it's a replica gun that like you know carries weight and like hurts people even Mm. if it's just like a little plastic bb and so i was just thinking about that and just thinking about like man it's just so weird um because i was never really thinking of it from like the standpoint like my mom was never pulling me aside to tell me like yo um you can't have this uh right and 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 we but we've talked about that a little bit um it's like, cause mm-hmm. like my skin is like so light, like would anyone even like misinterpret me for being like, or fitting mm-hmm. the profile, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Right. Um, but there, there was, but there wasn't that fear with my mom and my dad was not there to talk to me about it. Like he wasn't going to talk to right. me about it. Right. So, mm-hmm. you
2: know,
3: yeah. We talked about,
2: <laughs> uh, having that, that conversation that, you know, that, um, Black parents have to have right. with yeah. their kid at some point about uh, basic, I, I'm, and I think honestly, like it, it happens in a in a lot of different instances um, where you know it'll come up like people aren't going to treat you right because of this, or people aren't gonna, you know, um, re- react or respond in a way, or like you have to anticipate people's responses in a way. You have to be responsible for uh, your life by acting in a certain way um because of the way that you look and the way people perceive people who look like you yeah yeah um and that's a hard you know thing to like live with and grapple with you know what i mean and like especially as a kid to try and like really understand that like okay you know what i'm saying in this space like in this safe space that's my home like inside the door four walls like maybe yeah i can have this but outside of that i have to act different like i mm-hmm. have to be this certain way because my life depends on it and a lot of times you know kids don't don't get that because they don't have like a real sense of you know the gravity of things or right death. right right would you say that you got that uh, in that instance, when I had no, when I had the conversation with my mom, no, I just knew I was in trouble, um, right? <laughs> and, and that's kind of that's kind of what I what I say at the end It's like, because there's been so many other instances between like, and I mean you you know a little bit of like how it ends, right? Because I'm on stage telling the story, so clearly <laughs> nothing bad that bad happened, but like. And between when that moment was and me being an adult and able to reflect, you know what I'm saying, there's been so much other, like, life experiences that really, like, really drove the way home of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Well, and I think that's one of the things that struck me so powerfully, Evan, is in that story, you know, your your mom had such, you know, a, a strong reaction to, uh, you know, her seeing the gun for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um and even even after she realized it was a toy, it was, you know, you, you can't have that. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, you don't, you know. Sure. And I, I remember as a kid, my mom used to say things like, um, you know, other people can, you can't, you're in Ogden. And, and we <laughs> understood that. <laughs> we understood that to mean yeah. bas- basic kid stuff. Don't act out at the grocery store. Right. Um, you know, your dad is the preacher here. So when you show up on church property, like... You are polite, and you listen to all the adults, and you, you know, um, but it was it was always about, um,
2: uh,
1: like control- manners.
2: Yeah, uh, what's that? I said like manners and respect.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and it wasn't life or death. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't. It, it, it sometimes it felt like it if if mom or dad got angry. Uh, but right. <laughs> but it was this idea that like it was about not necessarily controlling behavior, but yeah, your manners, managing your behavior. Um, acting a certain way so that we look good or we save face. And, you know, parents should teach their kids good manners. I got no problem with that. But that just to me was so clearly different than the reaction that your mom had where it came from this sort of like visceral desire to, Kenny, to borrow your phrase, like to see 18 and to see 25, you know, and growing up in our environment. That was never... There was no talk, you know what I mean? Like, the talk meant something very different
2: (laughs) (laughs) to to young white kids. (laughs) And it's like, to use your analogy, it's like, okay, what if your entire race are Ogdens? Right. You know what I mean? Like, what if your entire community is uh, forced, almost, you know, because of society and, you know, uh, the way... Oppression works to to seep into and have its tentacles into every aspect of life. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's not because of you know presenting a certain way for yourself, but it's so that people don't react to you in a certain way. Mm. Which that's is right. that's right. I think where the where the primary difference is, you know, and what makes it so tough, because it's like the the repercussions aren't you know gossip (laughs) Mm, right right it actually is like
1: or look at those kids that aren't acting right it's yeah where your parents
2: at no it's actually life or death like and i think that's what a lot of people um that don't grow up with the you know the black experience you you don't really understand like or or it's hard i think to understand Mm. um unless somebody Explains it to you, or unless you hear it in a way where you can, cause, you know, we've we've had shows where like, the majority of our audience is you know older white people, you know like people that subscribe to newspapers, basically, and <laughs> what are you trying to say? They haven't had.
0: Yeah, what are you well, trying to I'm say? Saying, <laughs> I'm saying that
2: like they haven't had that life experience. Print media is um, alive and well. <laughs> man i wish <laughs> i wish uh we're working we're working on it subscribe right, to your man. local newspaper bring it back. Sure. Every, Every back. everything lo- <laughs> cyclical
0: everything cyclical. It'll, it'll be back
2: it'll be back the hipsters yeah, will bring to your it local back. newspaper in the meantime but um yeah like don't like the people in the audience don't aren't necessarily like the first time i said i told the story it was for the show the whole story that show is about black narratives and so a lot of people in the audience are black people. And so, like, when they're, like, mm, at, at the story, it's because they, like, identify and, you know, relate to it. Whereas, like, a lot of people that was in the audience for the, the recording might have been hearing something like that, really f- understanding it for the first time. Sure. And that's kind of how, like, because I know a lot of, a lot of people, especially now, like, you know, young black people that, you know, are awake and and you know uh know what's going on out here like don't well they they have an understanding that it's not their problem to help educate you know other people that people should be educating themselves and i totally get that because it is absolutely valid they're like you know it's not on us to take responsibility for educating um for educating others but at the same time it only really does us good to be that bridge. Right. And I'm not saying like every time, but in the ways that you can. And so storytelling like that is one of the ways that I feel like I can, you know, bridge that knowledge gap. And it's disarming. It's
0: not not (laughs) a, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not in a threatening. uh, I was about to say threatening, threatening Mm -hmm. people. It's not in a threatening way, um, or not in a oh, yeah. way that's um that's accusatory. Um, you know, and you know, but it but it's you know, it's it's disarming. It allows people to be able to hear, um, which I remember we had a conversa- I had a conversation with a friend, um, who was white and you know, and you know, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, um, Doug, Doug but but white people love facts, right? You know. Oh. And like, <laughs> facts. facts of life, bro. Just give me all the facts. <laughs> no, but but I mean, but and I mean, statistics. You know, th- that's that's right. That's right. Give me the numbers. Um. And but you know, after a lot of the mass shootings were going on, um, my friend was like, "Yo, like, you know, like I hear you, you know, just in terms of there being this disparity that we see, um." you know, in America or, you know, in America and there's a, you know, there's a disparity in, um, you know, um, you know, shootings, you know, um, you know, and, uh, African-American males getting shot by, you know, by officers and, um, you know, as opposed to a majority, um. You know, but, you know, they're like, but I need to see the facts. I need to see, I need to see the, uh, I need to see the statistics, um, you know. And so, but that, I feel like that's such a, that's a way for people to be able to glean, um, you know, and, and have weight um, added to your experience um, and be able to respect that that experience as opposed to discounting that experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's something that's kind of in you know, that you run into pretty often, um, a discounting of experience, you know, just because it's not, you know, just because it's not your experience. But I think I think this particular medium um, allowed people to kind of glean and really. And I love that at the end, you just you are just left to sit in the tension. Yeah, dude, you know. Like I, that that line at the end, and I mean, hopefully y'all didn't went listen to it by now because I'm about to <laughs> blow this
2: spoiler. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Uh, that <laughs>
0: that line at the end where where you say, you know, I just thought she didn't like guns, mm. you know, and then you're just left to sit in that. It's just over, yeah. You know. Well, and I
1: think it, you know. To, sorry. Go ahead go, go, go ahead. go
0: ahead. Go ahead. Go
1: well, ahead. I was just gonna say, I think that's. I mean, that's that's one of the really powerful um, things about narrative, right? Is the idea that like there's there's a story that you can connect to people with. And and beyond narrative, I think it has to do with relationship as well. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Evan, I know you and I know Kenny. And if if a tragedy had happened in your family, like that, that would have obviously hit home for, for y'all. But then all of us that know you or or came to know you guys years later, like there would have been a relational connection to this story that's not far off. And so, one of the things that we have found so helpful in discussing these topics and um, really trying to come to an understanding is 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 the idea of relationship and friendship uh, yeah, with, with sure. folks who don't look like you. I mean, and just from my own personal story, like when my dad remarried and I all of a sudden had like black brothers and sisters, like this totally reshaped the conversation for me mm. when I was seeing my little brother in in the news headlines, and I was seeing, you know what I mean, like mm, when yeah, I when wow. I could replace. When it when it goes from far off and it comes very very close it's it's so powerful and so meaningful um, and I think for a lot of my life and and maybe for a lot of folks um you know within majority culture, there is just this kind of otherness or this far offness that we feel isolated from this type of experience or these type of problems, and there's so much uh freedom and and realization and understanding that comes with listening to the narratives listening to the stories and and allowing it to come into your world allowing um yourself to feel it um in in a new way if that makes sense
2: yeah. no it definitely it definitely does uh because i think what you're talking about really is that like what relationships do is they build empathy hmm. you know um they let people get outside of their own perspective and make it so much easier to see somebody else's perspective to view life through their lens, um, and that's exactly what you know this story I think is is all about. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. And I. And I. <laughs> I'll go ahead.
3: You're well. So like. <laughs> This is why, like, I love y'all. I mean, more, more specifically, Kenny and Doug. But I, you know, obviously you two, Evan. It's nice to meet you, Brain. Damn. Damn.
2: I'll, I'll see you later, man. No, it's
3: fine. <laughs> but this is like, this is the whole thing. Is like, the reality is, like, if we are not talking about it, then how can you be made aware of your blind spots? How That's can right. you be made aware of those things that you just have never thought of? You know, this is That's right. This yeah, is, totally. This is white, this is black, this is Asian, this is everybody. Like, it's not just because you're white, are you blind? There's other, there's other things, but we, but you have, you have a race that has been oppressed for hundreds of years in this country and you are not made aware of it unless someone's talking to you, you know, unless someone is willing to. And so it's like, I'm hearing, I, I heard you Evan say like, it's like, you know, it's not, it is not black folks prerogative. (laughs) <laughs> to have to, like, you know, make every... And I, I think you were trying to dance around it a little bit, but, like, to, to like, let every white person understand <laughs> where they're coming from. You know? And it's yeah. like... And, I, and I'm and i like, yeah. I get that. I totally get that. Um, yeah. There's... But then, you know, it's like... I, 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 I think about so many times that people are coming... Like, that come to me once they find out that I mixed and they're like, hey, are you allowed to say this? Or... Oh my what about this thing <laughs> or like, and, and it's like you know because it's super disarming. It's like I probably feel they they're like oh yeah I can talk to you that makes sense. It's you know whatever. Uh, and then on the flip side, I'm going to I went to Kenny. I don't think I said this in the last one, but I went to Kenny because I watched I watched Thirteenth, and was finally hit with this huge wave of like, half of my family has no ability to blend wow. in with anyone else. You know what I mean? Like, they are black. <laughs> No one's ever gonna mistake yeah. them for anything else, and it was just this, these well, like waves until you go of to like,
2: Africa. huh? Uh, I said until you go to Africa.
3: Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but I just you know especially in America. But here in, in America, yeah. like this is this is this is the reality, and so I'm thinking about you know my uncle and my grandpa and my little cousins and 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 being hit with like wave after wave after wave of like how blind have I been to like my own personhood
2: huh.
3: uh and at the same time, like feeling like yo I'm woke, I got this, I understand and you know like blah blah blah, it's like but it is it, it without people like Kenny and doug for me i am not i I am not able to wrestle with that with with those realities sure, huh. and so it's like that's uh. i mean that's that's why the storytellers project is really cool and I mean obviously it's like more than just that but I just, I mean like oh, narrative yeah. speaking to people just being being honest like everybody can identify with like a Lego story you know what I mean sure man There's yeah, so powerful. Going like, yeah. No, 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 no. like that's just a black thing that's ridiculous like nobody's thinking you know what I mean like right everyone's like I built Legos I did this I remember playing cops and robbers I remember doing this I remember getting myself in a wait that that is not how that narrative played out for me like that's mm-hmm. that's not how that played out like yeah, everything
0: Sorry. was cool on my side. Sorry. Right, Which that's not and that's not to demonize, you know, white people or people who have who don't have that experience. You know, because the thing is, you know, it's like it's a struggle. For, I remember we was walking um this is like a week ago. Um we was walking around the corner cuz that's pretty much all we can do these days. Um About a week ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, a week ago. <laughs> a week ago. Um you know that's all we can do these days. So we were walking around the corner, and uh, this this young white kid, um, you know, no shirt, jeans, shorts, and cowboy boots. Um, you mm, know, was running around. The, right, <laughs> you know, uh, look people go look people go get a, a picture about uh, North Carolina thinking it's like Texas.
2: Oh, that sound like North Carolina, though. <laughs> he, he looked like a little baby Joe Exotic from, uh, from Tiger King. I'm <laughs> <Hey, bro>.
0: laughing. You know, like I haven't watched Tiger King yet. Yeah, I got I got work to do. I got work to do. I got to oh, watch. Man. I got to watch Tiger King, man. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So, but he was running around in the yard and everything, and he, you know, he got his little toy gun out there, and you know, we're walking past. It's me, Margaret, um, you know, and and uh, the boys uh, got him in the stroller. And, know, uh, we walking down the street, he's, you know, and so he, he starts running and kind of following us down the street and he stops and points the gun and say, like, I'm gonna shoot you, you wow. know? And well, like, we were both just struck, like, you know, I mean, we could see the gun was fake, you know what I'm saying? But we were struck more so by the, like, man, like, ah, like, that's something that our kids probably will never, not never get the chance to say, but I'm a deaf, that like, that's not going to be something that's common in the household, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. You know, if you're and if you're playing with a a toy gun, you know what I'm saying. It better be in the house. You know what I'm saying, because I mean the thing is like recognizing that that's not the reality for everybody. You know, wow. but for me, you know, it's a challenge for me to also recognize. Okay, somebody won't necessarily recognize where I'm or understand where I'm coming from because they come from a d- totally different frame of reference. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's really true. it's about learning to understand. It's, it's about, you know, for for me, it's learning to understand that, okay, just because that's my experience doesn't mean it is somebody else's experience. And so if they can't understand because they have no frame of reference, I'm not going to demonize them because of that. But I will try to educate them, like, especially if we're in relationship, you right. know. Yeah. If we're, I mean, if we're not in relationship, I mean, there's some people I just listen to, you know, what they're saying and I just nod and smile and go about my merry way. Um, you know, just because honestly, everybody's not you know not ready to have that conversation. That's why I appreciate you know things like the Storytellers Project because there are conversations that you know sometimes people aren't ready to have. You know, and absolutely. It's a lot. It's a lot uh, more palatable when it's coming in a in a medium that. Um, I mean, one that you've paid to go see, but two, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it's coming in in a way that that you really have no connection to the person, but that person is kind of drawing you into who they are, uh, as yeah. you know, as opposed to it just being a random person that you know that that you're sparking up a conversation with, and you're, you know, ex, you know, ex, uh, expressing how you feel about something, you know. Um, or they're expressing how they feel about something, and then you kind of go, well, you know, that wasn't necessarily my experience or whatever. Sometimes people just like to hear themselves talk, you right. know? That's true. And so, yeah, you know, sometimes people just aren't ready.
2: That's absolutely it, man, because, like, especially with just storytelling in general, because, um, I mean, yeah, like, all of our stories aren't about race, right? Like, It's because we actually, uh, through... When people sign up to even tell a story, right, they have, we have a form on our website that anybody can use. Um, and there's uh, seven uh, different questions that are, like, diversity measurements, right? Because we want to make sure that, like, we're representing on the stage what the community is actually like, uh. you know what I'm saying, in the city. Mm-hmm. And we have those measurements because if you don't track something, you can't see it. Right. So yeah. like, sure. If we're not making sure that we're, uh, you know, cognizant and vigilant about the representation that's happening on our stage. Cause it's not just race really that like, is the only thing that comes up. I mean, we did a live stream show last week, um, and it was our first one, and we tried to have, like, a, a you know, diverse representation of storytellers and did with, like, our top five out of a thousand stories, you know what I'm saying, that we picked. And um, this woman, who's one of my colleagues, told a story about uh, organ donation. Uh. And we got messages about all the stories, but one in particular that stands out is this woman was like you know thank you so much for uh telling that story about organ donation because not enough people talk about it and not Mm -hmm. enough people like realize how uh how impactful it can be and talked about how her life was saved by uh organ donation so like it's just like all these stories serve to like bring us together and so like yeah the ones i have because you know i'm uh thirty year old, you know, black man are coming from my black experience, right, in America. But like hopefully <laughs> people can identify with all aspects of it too. You know what right. I mean? Because you're human.
3: Wait, you're black?
2: And there was <laughs> Yeah man. Thirty two point <laughs> five years and counting. Hey, hey what they say yeah, that's yeah. the only thing I gotta do is stay black and die. Stay black mm-hmm. and die. Um uh,
1: <laughs> but. well that's just I mean that's I think that's one of the things that we're just kind of committed to doing on this on this podcast is just trying to tell stories um you know for yeah. for some of our listeners they might not feel like they have safe spaces where they can tell stories so we want to be uh uh you know kind of aware of that and you got to be wise right if, if if it's not a safe place for you to tell your story then maybe maybe you don't you know what I mean because you got to yeah. kind of protect your your soul and your your own mental health uh but one of our goals with this with this podcast is to kind of keep highlighting uh, stories like yours, Evan, because it's it's one of many. Thank you. Um, and it's 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 so important. And so I, I just want to say thank you for sharing your story, for sharing it with us here. Um, Absolutely. And you know that's just kind of going to be one of our goals going forward is just kind of continue uh, to, to to tell stories and to tell them in ways that matter. So thank you, Thanks,
2: man. man. Yeah, happy to be here, man. I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Well,
1: with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Uh, Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Remember, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I think just about every other major podcast player. No? Okay. Well, we'll get there eventually. (laughs) 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 All right, y'all. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will be back uh, with a future episode very soon. Wait, wait, Um, wait. Do we want to...
3: Evan, what do you want to plug?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, um... Well, yeah, like I said, I work for a Storytellers Project, so if you could uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, look for USA Storytellers on Twitter, and then on Facebook and Instagram, it's the Storytellers Project. Um, And uh, yeah, we're actually doing more live stream shows uh, as, you know, people are at home, so we're doing them from our home, so um, yeah, check it out. If you like the Facebook page or subscribe on our YouTube channel. Uh, to the Storytellers project you'll get a notification when we're ready to go live. So yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh it's a good thing you're doing here and keep at it, you know.
1: Cool. Definitely. Thanks, man. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Oh all right it go ahead Kenny. Can I and before and I, I do wanna uh, wanna invite you guys, not not you guys the you know, Doug, Evan and Brandon, but uh <laughs> whoever's listening out in um in the interwebs. Um I, I want to invite you guys to engage with us send us your stories you know uh, we we want to hear your stories i'm I'm wondering about you know more uh, uh, I guess points of view that um, that I'm not able to see or that I'm not privy to um you know I want to hear your experiences we want to hear your experiences as well so um you know hit us up and and you know tell you know send us your story engage with us um, be a part of this conversation as well Definitely.
1: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Doug. I'm Kenny. And I'm Brandon. We'll talk to you again soon. Black, white,
0: and Black, black, white, and Black, white, and Come on,